Hasn't it been precious to be here tonight? The, the music, the singing, and uh, Luke, thank you for the, uh, the songs tonight. And that uh, was challenging. And thank you, girls, uh, for your message and song tonight. And uh, one of my favorite parts about church, uh, I, I love just, of course, being here, being around people, being around everybody. But uh, I love the, the singing of, uh, of these old hymns and just uh, gathering together, singing these songs. I have fond memories having grown up in church, mom as a piano player. And uh, we would often sing in our home. Mom would play the piano, and, and my dad had a, had a terrible voice, and I took after dad, and, uh, and, uh, we, but we had fun uh, singing together. Just uh, That was always a joy in our home, just uh, singing uh, songs unto the Lord. And uh, I would encourage you in your homes, get you a songbook and sing out unto the Lord. Second uh, Thessalonians, uh, if you'll find your place, let's stand as we read together the Word of God. We'll read from this portion of Scripture, and then we are going to pray together, and I'll have you turn to Romans chapter 1 uh, this evening. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, we have been in this passage of Scripture uh, a couple of times. This really is presenting to us a truth that I think is so needed in our day and age. I, I believe we are living in days of strong delusion, in days of mighty deception, uh, days when it seems on some levels that all common sense is gone. And you wonder, what are people thinking? Uh, where are they getting information from? And uh, it just, uh, I've been really amazed. And sometimes I, I mentioned this on Sunday night, I believe. Uh, I've come to the point sometimes I don't feel like I fit in this world anymore, and it just seems more and more we're headed towards eternity, and of course, we don't know when that's going to be, but let's pick up and read just a few verses here again by way of review, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, in verse number 1, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we presented this as the rapture by our gathering together unto Him, this is imminent, it's the next major event that is going to take place. He says that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that day or as that the day of Christ is at hand. And then he gives this warning. He says, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away uh, first an apostasy and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. This is the Antichrist who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, excuse me, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now I want to skip to verse number 9 as it continues this thought. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now we are vaccinating against a coming Antichrist, and it's very clear that that vaccination is the truth of God. It is truth that will fight the false. Okay, truth and lies cannot exist together. It's just like light and darkness. Uh, when you bring light into the room, it dispels the darkness. When you bring truth into the room, it dispels the lie. And so the vaccination, the key, is the truth of God. And so we started this a uh, couple of weeks ago and, and uh, continued this on Sunday night. And 
And uh, I'm going to uh, just uh, be doing this for a while and, and looking at some, I think, very important thoughts in, in preparing us for events that are ahead of us. Let's go to the Lord uh, this evening in prayer. Would you pray uh, tonight that um, God would have his way? Let's just yield our hearts unto him tonight. We so need him this evening. Father, you're so good to us, so gracious to us. And Lord, I, I thank you for the privilege of having church and gathering in this place. And Lord, we, we look to you. We ask your strength tonight. Uh, we ask that you would direct our thoughts. And Lord, you know the needs of hearts. And I pray, God, that you would build a solid foundation of truth. And you have told us over and over that the wise man would hear the word of God, but he would do the word of God. He'd obey the word of God. He'd build upon truth, and as he builds upon truth, his house would stand. And Lord, I pray that you would build here on the families of Valley Bible Baptist, the lives of the folks of Valley Bible Baptist, the young people of Valley Bible Baptist. I pray that you'd build truth in their lives that will stand the test of time. Thank you for hearing us. We pray in Jesus' precious, wonderful name. Amen. And you may be seated this evening. And I think it's, it's very obvious uh, that our world is headed in the direction of strong delusions. And we read this passage of Scripture that tells us there's coming a day when much of the world uh, will be, believe a lie. And in the process of believing that lie, they will be damned, they will be doomed for eternity. And the reason that the world will be, believe a lie, in verse number 10 of 2 Thessalonians, it says, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved... And it's evident they rejected the truth. And when you reject the truth, it opens the door to Satan's lies. And as we said, rejected light will soon lead to darkness. That's exactly what's happening in America today. And it's happening across our world today. Now, there are some foundational truths that are going to vaccinate you. These are solid rocks. These are building blocks that you can build upon that will anchor your life against the lies and deceptions that are coming upon the world. And we started dealing with the truth of God. I think 10 most important words in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Either God is or He is not. And so if you take that truth away, you open the door to Satan's lies. Uh, we believe, uh, of course, before time, before space, before matter, there's God. Uh, I've talked to people who claim to be atheists, and you can always bring them back, and they, they will point to a Big Bang, or they'll point to evolution, and, and you just keep going back with them, and, and you ask the question, where did matter come from? Uh, where did the building material come from for life to even start with? Uh, where did the explosion come from? Where did that all start? And we believe, of course, that God made everything from nothing. Uh, I, I was reading the story about an atheist who, who claimed that uh, life came out of nothing and uh, man could eventually create life. And uh, just in reading that story, another scientist challenged him, well, maybe if man can create life, where is he going to get the matter to create it from? He's going to create that. Of course, life comes from life, and God is the giver of life, and we know this is the foundation. Now, we're going to expand upon that truth here a little bit tonight. Now, there's another truth that we'll delve into later on. It is all founded upon this. We believe in the truth of God's Word. Let God be true and every man a liar. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so we believe in the foundation of God's word. Uh, we believe in the truth of Christ's deity. The spirit of Antichrist will reject the deity of Christ 
And we know that the world religion of Antichrist will reject uh, that deity. Uh, we also believe in the truth of salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. Only two ways of salvation. It's either by man's works or it is by God's grace. And true Christianity presents that it's all of God's grace. And then there are the truths that, uh, that uh, are concerning God's moral absolutes. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles tonight to the book of Romans, chapter number 1. Romans chapter 1. And we're going to expand just a bit of uh, this message and principle that we dealt with on Sunday night. Romans chapter 1, this passage of Scripture gives us clear guidance as to how the world will eventually reject truth and how we'll open the door for strong delusion and how the door will then be open to believe the lies of the devil and the lies of Antichrist. Now, what we find as we look at Romans chapter 1, the rejection of truth is a moral decision. You see, truth is absolute. When we speak of truth tonight, we know that 2 plus 2 is 4. That's absolute. Uh, when we speak of truth tonight, we believe that God is truth. And as we mentioned, either God is real or He is not. Uh, the rejection of God and the rejection of truth is a decision. It's a wrong decision. It's contrary to right. In Romans 1 verse 18, the Bible says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And this statement, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And when the Bible says to hold the truth, it means to suppress the truth, to hold down the truth. It's evident that men had the truth, but they did not want the truth. They did not desire the truth, and thus they rejected the truth. It's a moral decision. It's a wrong decision. Now I want you to notice in verse number 19, all men have an inward revelation of God. Uh, he says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. A man is made in the image of God. He's the only part of creation made in God's image. He's made in God's likeness. Uh, God has instilled within the heart of every man, woman, and boy and girl the knowledge of God. The reality of God has been instilled in the heart of man. Uh, people don't start out as atheists. If you ever speak to an atheist, you will almost always find there was a point in their life they believed in God. Uh, I believe God has instilled eternity in the heart of mankind. Uh, God has given the knowledge of himself. Uh, there was a gentleman, and we, uh, I, I, I would recommend the book. It's uh, Don Richardson, Eternity in Their Hearts. And he's uh, dealing with uh, uh, just some tribes that were out in the middle of nowhere. And without exception, there were knowledge and teachings that would eventually lead these individuals and peoples to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it was just unreal to, to hear the stories. And uh, they would have traditions that would date back for centuries. And of course, the reason being, as we, as we dealt with on Sunday night, 
is that all of us come of, of one people. We all date back and go back to Noah. Everybody uh, can point back to Noah. There was a point where every person knew of God. And somehow, uh, man failed to pass that on to their children. Uh, God has instilled eternity in the heart of man. Even in the most remote regions of the world, there's some knowledge of God. There's some knowledge of a creator. Uh, Did you know that almost all groups of people have a creation story? And almost all groups of people have a flood story. There's a knowledge of God. God has instilled that within the heart of every person. And every person has an inward revelation of God. Uh, You'll also notice in verse number 20, all men have an outward revelation. In verse number 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now keep your place in Romans 1. Let's go to Psalm 19, very familiar passage of Scripture. And Psalm 19 expresses this thought very clearly. It's this outward revelation of God's creation. In Psalm 19, in verse number 1, we read, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. As we look at the sun and the moon and the stars and the sky at night, the heavens are declaring God. Day unto day utter a speech. Night unto night showeth knowledge. What he's saying is creation speaks to man. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. You can go to the most remote regions of the world. Uh, You can find a language that you've never heard of. And the Bible says the revelation of God's creation speaks even in that language. There's no language, there's no speech, there's no tongue, but what God's revelation doesn't speak. He says in verse 4, their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. He's just expressing every morning when we see the sun rise, it's a testimony and an evidence of God. There are stories and accounts of uh, different individuals in remote regions. I think of in Africa, uh, the story of Bill Rice, as he would tell uh, of, a, uh, of a pygmy tribe, and he would tell of a gentleman that climbed up in the tallest tree that he could find, and he looked up into the skies, and he basically said, God, I know you're there, and if you're real, would you show yourself to me? And it was not long after this man climbed into that tallest tree and prayed that prayer that God sent a missionary to that tribe. Uh, That was the story or the evidence of creation. Uh, We can look at the order of the universe. We can tell very clearly this is not an accident. This is not an explosion. This is a miracle. This is a divine, intelligent being that created this universe. It's a divine being. You can, uh, we were talking about uh, different types of eggs, and we were looking it up. And, and did you realize most eggs hatch under 
uh, seven, I believe, uh, chicken eggs, uh, what is it, 21 days, uh, help me, am I right there, Jared, 21 days, close, and uh, I believe uh, turkey eggs, 28 days, and a lot of eggs, they will hatch in increments of seven days, and it's really amazing, and uh, there were different individuals who were looking at the order of our solar system and trying to discover uh, different planets, and they discovered the order of that solar system, and, it, and it's just so evident, this was not an accident. Uh, there's the order, there's the beauty that points to a creator. Friend, this is magnificent. This is not an accident. Uh, an explosion doesn't create beauty. No, this was God that created the beauty of the universe. The vastness, where does it end? How far does it go? How big are the stars? We don't know where it all goes. And then the very minute detail we found with microscopes, we can discover that it's smaller than we ever realized. It's bigger than we ever realized. And uh, just the order of, of all in God is a miracle-working God. All of that points to a creator. It's a revelation that God has given to every individual. There was a missionary in Africa, Dan Crawford, and his statement, and it's, it's very fitting. He said, the heathen are sinning against a flood of light. And the Bible tells it this way, so that they are without excuse. You see, to reject God is to reject truth, and it's a wrong decision. But it's very clear it's a willful decision. It's a willful choice so that they are without excuse he says in verse number 21 of Romans chapter 1, verse number 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And notice the statement here, their foolish heart was darkened. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. It's a moral decision. It's a willful choice. It's a heart issue. It's a foolish heart. It's coming to the point, though the evidence of God is very clear, I don't want God and I don't need God. It's an ungrateful heart. He says in verse number 21, neither were thankful. After all God has done for us, after the gift of life, after the gift of His provision, His protection, His purpose to reject God, to reject truth, is to look at God ungratefully. It's to take for granted all of His gifts. In Him we live and move and have our being. Our very life, every heartbeat is dependent upon God. The gift of life comes from God. And to reject God is to reject the very giver of life. That's an ungrateful heart. It's a proud heart. In verse number 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You see, to say, I don't want God, I don't need God, I'm fine without God, there's a definite turning away. And it's a definite choice, a definite decision. And we can see that choice, that decision happening in our nation. I was talking, this was several, a couple of years ago, to a young person and uh, he was talking about uh, how many are leaving churches. Let me just express here, truth never changes. Truth is absolute. God is real whether you believe in Him or not. He's still God. He's still on His throne. Many that have grown up in church, many that have been taught the Bible, uh, have concluded they don't want God. And they're leaving the things of God. And somebody asked me a few years back, Pastor, what do you think about all those that are leaving churches? And I asked the question, why are they leaving? 
And here's the statement, well, they see hypocrites in the church. And basically stated that justifies them. And they've come to the point they're fed up with it. They don't believe in what's being taught. I mentioned was Judas Iscariot a hypocrite? And of course he was. He walked with Jesus for three and a half years. He heard truth. Now the fact that Judas Iscariot rejected the truth, did that change the church that Jesus started? No. Did it change truth? No. And so no matter what Judas does or what anybody else does, we're still obligated for truth. And we can never use or justify our rejection of God based upon what somebody else does or says or doesn't do. Uh, we have to come to the point, truth is truth no matter what. And we build that foundation. We're living in a generation today, and, and it's a very wishy-washy generation. It's a generation, it's all about me. And if it's all about me, if God doesn't meet my needs, then I don't believe in God. If God has let me down, then I reject God. No, friend, truth is truth no matter what. No matter what your perception of God is. Truth is unchanging. Jesus never fails. Uh, Jesus can't, uh, we, we can never allow our hearts to grow foolish or hard or ungrateful or proud because of what's around us. We may not understand, but God's still God. And so we find the rejection of truth is a decision. It's a willful choice. Now look with me in verse 21, Romans chapter 1. The rejection of truth darkens. In verse number 21, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And you'll see this statement, Their foolish heart was darkened. Somebody said it this way, Those who abandon God, will eventually find themselves abandoned of God. See, God gives men over to their own way. God's given to every person a free will. God doesn't make us into robots. He wants us. He made us. And He wants our heart. But He never forces Himself upon us. Somebody said He's a gentleman. Uh, you'll notice here in verse 23, there's spiritual darkness. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. In verse 25, again, who changed the truth of God into a lie. See, the rejection of truth leads to deception and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Worshiping creation rather than the Creator. Man was made to worship. Man's going to worship something. If he'll not worship God, he's going to find something to fill the void of his life. Uh, man's uh, worship takes him to different forms, different paths. The book of Exodus, uh, God to the nation of Israel, chapter 20, uh, says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. He says, I, the Lord thy God, am one God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Uh, when man rejects God, he's going to worship a God of his own making. Uh, he makes something into God. Uh, he mentions here the, the creation. Uh, maybe it's a God that can't hear or see or smell. Uh, maybe a God of rocks or stones. Maybe it's the sun or the moon. If you go back into history, you can find all the way back to Babylonian religion, idolatry. 
man may choose to be his own God, humanism. Uh, every man did that which is right in his own eyes. Or I believe as we come to the days of Antichrist, it may be the God of science or reason, uh, perhaps the God of the Antichrist system. Uh, maybe it's materialism, pleasure, power, but he puts something in the place of God. Says the world of the tribulation is going to be a rejection of God and the truth of God that leads to the worship of Antichrist. Man will worship something. And if man rejects the truth of God, he's going to replace that. And during the tribulation, he'll replace that with the worship of Antichrist. That's spiritual darkness. Notice in verse 24, Romans 1, there's moral darkness. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. It seems evident he's speaking of sexual deviancy, uncleanness, pornography, uh, the lusts of their own hearts, uh, dishonoring their own bodies. It's interesting if you go back into some of the cities of Asia, for example, Ephesus and the great goddess Diana. Uh, you'll find centered around the worship of idols was temple prostitution. There was sexual deviancy. They say in America that we're living in a sexual revolution. Uh, friend, I, I don't care what the world teaches. I don't care what Hollywood teaches. Uh, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. And the Bible tells God's children flee fornication. Uh, God uh, exhorts His children to sexual purity. And we've arrived in a world today that is all about sexual immorality. Uh, they tell us amongst young people, even growing up in churches, there are vast numbers that are no longer pure, and they've given away purity. Uh, God is giving a strong warning. This is the result of moral darkness. Notice in verse number 26, he speaks of vile affections for this cause. God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. This speaks of lesbianism. And yes, it's wrong. It's contrary to God. God created them male and female. In verse number 27, and likewise, this speaks of homosexuality. Also the men leaving the unnatural or the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. That's moral depravity. It would remind us of the days of Noah before the flood when God judged the world. It would remind us of Genesis chapter 19 with Sodom and Gomorrah and the sexual deviancy, the vileness of the heart of man. And you can read through just the, the vileness that portrayed the world in that day. When man gets away from God, he begins to live for the fulfillment of his flesh. And the flesh can never fulfill. It can never satisfy. The flesh always leaves one in vanity, in a spirit of emptiness. Notice in verse 27, in receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. I was listening, this was maybe six months ago, perhaps a year ago. The testimony of a, of a former transgender, it, it was really amazing, uh, the, 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 the testimony. And, and uh, it was a man that transitioned 
to being a woman, which is, is just so contrary to the Word of God. Let me just express that you be thankful for who God made you to be. Uh, this individual thought that that's how they would be fulfilled, but as they transgendered, uh, they found themselves even more empty. And they began to try to fill that with more and more sexual deviancy. I came to the point of full-blown AIDS. In the sentence the doctor gave, said, you're going to die. And this gentleman, or whatever you would say, knowing he's going to die, cried out and said, God, I know that you're real. I was taught about you my life, but I rejected you. And here I am, I'm going to die, but if you can do anything with me, in the days that I have left, help me to be a testimony to my mother. And gave the testimony of turning in saving faith to Jesus Christ. It was just miraculous. And coming, coming to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and then going back to the doctor and re-diagnosed and the whole AIDS was taken away. And then the testimony today is involved in a ministry helping to reclaim lives. It's just the grace of God. It's the testimony of God. But what I point out to you is that sin can never satisfy. It can never fulfill. It leads down deeper and deeper and deeper and further from God. That's moral darkness. And then that leads to mental darkness. A lot of medical conditions are mental. A lot of depressions and anxieties and fears are sometimes a result of, of sin. You notice here three times uh, the Bible says that God gave them up. You notice in verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. In verse 26, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. In verse number 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That word reprobate, reprobate means uh, an unprincipled mind. Uh, there's no remorse. There's no conscience of sin. Uh, a reprobate mind is what we're dealing with in America today where there's no common sense. Common sense is gone. And a reprobate mind soon becomes blinded to God. It becomes blinded to right. It becomes blinded to truth. And the Bible says in verse number 20, uh, 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And that word fool actually means insane. And that's what happens. You reject God, it leads to insanity. If you go to verse number 29, and he's describing this insanity of life. It's a perfect description of the direction of America. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, Unmerciful, a very little character. It's evident in, in this description there are problems with God. He mentions haters of God. Uh, there are problems with man. Uh, the Bible says here they, they are covenant breakers without natural affection. 
problems with mankind. See, when God gives man over to his own way, it's devolution. I, I don't believe in evolution. I believe in devolution. Uh, man is on a downward trend. He's not on an upward trend. He's on a downward trend away from God. See, the rejection of God leads to darkness, depravity, uh, spiritual darkness, worshiping false gods. It leads to moral darkness, feeling vile affections. It leads to mental darkness, insanity. Uh, it's interesting, this statement. Notice in verse number 32. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. It's a perfect description of what we might call the cancel culture today. See, we've come to a day when truth is being rejected, and in many cases, when truth is portrayed, it's being canceled. It's not, want to, not, uh, not desired to be heard. It's depravity, direct darkness. The rejection of truth darkens. And then the rejection of truth dooms. Look in verse number 18, again, Romans 1. In verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Notice here the wrath of God. I, I believe with all of my heart here tonight that God is a God of love. I believe God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But to understand the love of God, you've got to understand the wrath of God. See, the love of God and the wrath of God go hand in hand. God is holy, holy, holy. God cannot and will not dwell with sin. The Bible tells us in John 3, verse number 18, that those who have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ are condemned already because they had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The only door of salvation is the Lord Jesus Christ. If that door is rejected, it leads to darkness and doom. Uh, again, in verse number 32, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. I, I want to look at a couple of, of scriptures very quickly. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And, and here the Bible is telling us when truth is rejected, it, it blinds. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 3, it reads, But if our gospel be hid... It is said to them that are lost, whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. See, when Christ is rejected, when one does not believe, the only means of salvation is rejected. Now go to where we started, the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, this very clearly helps us to understand why the world of the day of Antichrist is going to be deceived. In verse number 9, speaks of Antichrist. 
Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. It's truth that saves. It's truth that leads us to Jesus. And for this cause, because they rejected truth, for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. See, the only vaccination against the coming Antichrist is truth. And what I tell you tonight is choose truth. The truth of God. Submit to this truth. God is real whether you believe it or not. He's God. He's your maker. He loves you. He came into this world, went to the cross, shed his blood for you. He gave everything that you might be born again. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He made you. He made you for a purpose and a plan. You're not by an accident here tonight. You're made by God. You're made for God. You're made to worship God. You're made to know God. You're made to have a personal relationship with God. And it's that truth that can set you free. And the truth of God will let us to understand the truth of God's word. Let God be true and every man a liar. I would encourage you, you take every teaching and you compare it to the word of God. And if a teaching is contrary to the word of God, you throw away that teaching. God's word is a final authority. Build your life upon truth. I believe in our homes, with our families. Uh, we need to uh, teach our children uh, how to, to apologetics. We need to teach them how to uh, discern truth and discern falsity and to understand. And the way you discern truth is through the Word of God. And then building upon the truth of God's Word, there's a true salvation, a true relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know that you know that you know that you know that you're saved? Is that settled? Knowing Christ. See, that will vaccinate you. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians, they believed a lie because they did not receive the gift of salvation. It was a moral conscious choice against God. Like every head bowed, every eye closed this evening.